Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You can now listen to Restoration Place on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or by downloading the Spreaker app to your phone or tablet. This week at Restoration Place. I have preached over and over again the importance of the words that come out of your mouths. I have said it, if I have said it one time, I've said it a hundred. We are to be careful of the words that we say out of our mouths. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. We are going to be held accountable. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore Jr. The reason that uh, we ask certain things of you is because we know the, the effect that it has on the ministry and the effect that it has on you individually. But it has a larger effect when we do it corporately. When we don't do things corporately, then some things will happen for you, but the power and the authority that we can operate in as believers against Satan. Now, I want to say this as well. Satan is not omnipresent. And I really I really want to emphasize that. I really believe that we need to understand that he is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at once. He cannot be in Trey's house and be in Newark. He, he, he don't have it like that. He's a spirit. He can be one place at a time. The only one that is omnipresent is God. So when you hear people saying, uh, talking about how the devil was here and he was there, they're talking about uh, his demonic force that works along with him. One of the reasons that every once in a while you'll see me a little more serious than you normally do, part of it has to do, and I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Well, you ladies too, let me not be discriminate. Uh, I was an athlete, and normally Nikki doing, uh, it was more so when I was running track than playing football because I was better at track than I was at football, but I had, I'm not gonna say I was better, it's just I was more into it. So my, my demeanor when I was running track, um, when meet day was totally different than I normally am. Meet day, uh, I wasn't as, I wasn't as friendly <laughs> as I, I'm, this is the truth, I wasn't as friendly. And it wasn't that I was being mean, but it's just on meet day, I was focused. And um, I didn't want to be friends with nobody. I certainly didn't want to be friends with the people I was running against. Now, I would shake your hands when the meet was over, but I didn't want you talking to me. I didn't want you coming over saying what's up. I didn't want any of those things because 
my heart and my mind was focused on uh, that meet and the competition that I was going to be facing. So sometimes um, when we are lax in what we're supposed to do, um, it weighs heavily on me more so than it probably does on you. And when you go into consecration, and I knew it going in, I absolutely knew it was going to happen. I had zero doubt about it, but I was hoping somehow it wouldn't, but it did. And I thank God for it, and I told the Lord, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for that rebuke. I don't like how, again, now, I talked about this probably the summer of last year. I talked about how important it was to do things on time. That was not me, my personal request. That is a covenant that we make. And I need y'all to understand this clearly. Whenever you make a covenant with God, you give him your promise. You are saying, now really get this. On the blood of Jesus, for what he did, I covenant with you that we will do this this way on this day. And that is my agreement with you. And he takes it seriously. Everything that we covenant to do, he takes it seriously. He doesn't have lead way. It, it's no, I, I was watching a movie and someone said, um, well, let me give you my version of the truth. And the person responded, truth doesn't have versions. It's either true or it's not true. So it doesn't have versions. So covenant does not have versions. When you make an agreement with God, he takes it seriously. Now, Solomon got more of a revelation of this. I pray I can get to this, but Solomon got more of a revelation of this than I think any other person in the Bible. And I think he got more of a revelation of it because he broke it more times probably than his own father making a covenant and then breaking the covenant. It was he that said in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter five, it's better not to make a vow than to what? <laughs> make a vow and not pay it. So it's better not to even make it from the beginning because you're going to be held accountable for what you say. Now, I have preached over and over again the importance of the words that come out of your mouths. I have said it, if I have said it one time, I've said it a hundred. We are to be careful of the words that we say out of our mouths. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. We are going to be held accountable. The angels right now that you don't see are writing down everything that I'm saying. From the moment we walked in for intercession, everything was being written down. And we are going to be held accountable for these things. We cannot be loosey-goosey with the things of God. It's, it's insulting to God to make a covenant with him and to be lackadaisical about the way that we approach his presence. It's insulting to God to not take the things of him seriously. When he has dispensed his angels to guard and protect us, he has given his Holy Spirit who has left heaven. Y'all need to be clear. He left heaven to come on this earth to take on the role of being our protector, to take on the role of being our comforter, 
to take on the role as being the one that dispenses truth. Everything that we need to know, that is his role down here. He has been here for over 2,000 years with us. Jesus came for 33 years. He gave his life. His work was done. He said, if I don't go, what? The comforter cannot come. Why did he say that? Because they all have a role in bringing mankind back. Now, I know some of you heard this Thursday on Worship Inspired, but I, I need to go over this. They all have a role in what we are doing on this earth. Every single one. Jesus' role was to share, was to first of all become a man. Let me let me back up. It was the role of the word that he was known as in heaven. He agreed, they took counsel. He agreed to release the authority that he had as the son of God and then become the son of man. the son of man, which meant he identified with the sin that we committed, though he was not directly from our bloodline. His bloodline was untainted, which made him eligible to relieve us or to redeem us from sin. Now, not only did he relinquish his authority, but now he had to suffer just like we did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He suffered. I was there. I saw this. So I'm not telling you something that I read. I saw this. He suffered. He literally was sweating blood. There was, there was, there was a fight that he was going through. How many of y'all realize that when you're going through intercession and prayer, it's warfare? It is, it is literally warfare. So now, when we, when we come unprepared to fight, that means our minds are not on what it should be. Our hearts are not in the right places. We are lax coming in. We should never be having conversation during intercession. And I told Trey, let me take, or didn't I say it, Trey, let me take off my leg and kick my own self in the behind because it starts with me because I've been more guilty of it than anybody. Hey, how you doing? No, that's not for intercession. The purpose of intercession is to set the table so the Spirit of God feels comfortable to come in and move. That's the purpose of intercession. So now when we come in here late, now I remember, I can't even, and me and Darling had a big thing about this and and I want to first of all apologize to her because I know I was a little, <laughs> I was a little rough this morning. And I told my my son I was going to apologize to you because I I was rough. I I wasn't wrong, but I was rough, and that was not necessary. So I do apologize for that. But let me explain why sometimes I get that way. There was a lot of things, Corbett, that. I may not have agreed with my father on, and that's a father-son thing, that's what they do. How many of y'all experience that? It's, it's what fathers and sons do. We just have this thing that we just cannot be in agreement. I don't know what it is, I'm telling you. It's something about that father-son relationship. There's always that friction. But I will say this, if there is anything that John Baysmore Sr. put in me, he put in me the importance of protocol. He put in me the, the importance of covenant. Most of the time that he and my mom had differences, it was about being on time for service. He understood. The man was absolutely brilliant. 
and I guess I didn't want to admit it because I wanted to be just as smart as him. He could care less about how smart I was. He was more concerned with my heart. And I understand that now. Didn't understand it then as a 24-year-old minister, but I understand it now. But one thing that he understood, and one thing that he told me, he said, never ever, and these were his words, never ever get loosey-goosey with the things of God. He said, God is not your buddy. He said, God is your father. He can be your friend, but never ever think that you can just come to him any kind of way you want and with any kind of attitude that you want. He said, never ever make that mistake. I never forgot those. And I was a young, I'm talking two months in ministry. I'll never forget those. And I was at Reed Temple. I'll never forget those words. And he watched me. And I tell you, you guys got it good. When I started out in ministry, I got 20 minutes to speak. I kid you, well, you were too young to remember. I kid you not. I got 20 minutes. And he, he would enjoy the service around 18 minutes. I could feel, because <laughs> he was so tall. You remember my dad, but he was so tall. I mean, he's 6'3". He's a, he's a big man. And I could feel him behind me. And when he did this, <clears throat> that meant you better wrap it up, because if you don't sit down, I'm going to sit you down. And try, No, he would. He would literally stand up. I said, all right, all right. He only had to do it one time. After that, see, when you embarrass somebody, when I was embarrassed, I was mad. But, you know, he, he told me 20 minutes. But no, you know, I felt, oh, God is moving. I got this. No, he wasn't trying to hear it. Sit down. He said, this is what he said. One thing you got to learn, son. I said, why this dude, why can't you tell me this when we get home? Why you got to call me out in front of everybody? He said, so one thing I want you to learn, son. You need to learn the importance of following directions and covenant. I said, okay. I was mad. I didn't talk to him for Nikki for two weeks. I, this is the truth. I didn't, I didn't even look at him. I wasn't going to say nothing because I was scared of him. But I was just, I didn't, Cheryl, I wouldn't even look at him. I was so upset. But you know what? I learned that. And he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't personal. He was trying to train his son. He was trying to help me. The Spirit of God doing our prayer this week, he reminded me of what I said. Now, Trey, you you remember I had said maybe two years ago, we're going to start in the session at quarter of 11, right? If you're not here by quarter of 11, what did I say? Does that happen now? Does any of us do it? No. You sorry, I'm sorry, because it's on me. That, that's on, listen, I understand your situation. So I'm not crazy, nigga, I fully get that. That's not the issue, the issue was me. And so what I'm saying to y'all now is not pointed at you. The finger's pointed this way. Because no reason for me not to start. I don't need you to be here to start intercession. I mean, that's crazy. But no, I come in, hey, pet, hey, darling, the darling, you got, can you go get me some money out of you? I mean, just all kind of stuff. When intercession is supposed to be going on. And then, you know, I, then I wonder, well, Holy Spirit, they didn't feel your presence today. Well, I was here, but I left <laughs> because I wasn't, well, I didn't feel welcome. Now, I know it sounds funny, but honestly, God is not pleased with that. He's not pleased with that at all. So again, I want to apologize again. There is, I live seven minutes from here. You guys live 30 minutes from here. I live seven, seven minutes from here. There is no reason at all that I cannot get up 
Because I get up and get, how many of y'all know I'm on time for everywhere that I go? I don't be late for nothing. I'm straight up telling you, I don't, and if you're trying to make me late, you got a serious attitude coming. Am I right, honey? I don't be late for anything. So there's no reason for me living that close not to be here by uh, 1025 because I can't get here at 1040 and have the equipment set up by 1045. So that was on me. But starting today, no more. No more. I will be leaving the house at 1015. So anybody in the house <laughs> that's not ready will take an Uber. <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, uh, I'm, I'm very serious, I'm serious. I mean, because I, I took a beating this week. I did, for real. I mean, the things that the Lord said to me, not, he's not malicious, but the things, they broke my heart. I mean, they, they, I mean, to hear the Lord say, I thought I could trust you. That just, I can't even, I would rather him just come down from heaven, stand in front of me, and slap me from one side of the face to the other. But to say, I thought I could trust you, that was almost more than I could bear. So, no more. No more. We are going to start intercessory prayer at 1045. And if you're not in here, then, to wait outside. If you are in here, we're going we're gonna to be praying. If you feel like you need to talk, you can use that door or that door. But you can't stay in here having conversations doing prayer. That has to stop. I had purpose to... There was one part when I was talking about um, demonic warfare that I had left out on my words to inspire. So it was my purpose today. And I studied that this week. Last night, <laughs> it was actually this morning, I got in the bed, it was about 12.10. I got a word from the Spirit of God telling me what he wanted me to talk about. It did not matter when I tried to make my case about I spent all week. He, he wasn't asking me. It was, <laughs> this is my will for the word today because my people need to hear this. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, I can't tell you restoration. I, I love you guys, but I honestly love you enough to tell you the truth. And I don't think there is anybody in here that, is, that has known me besides grandma for under 10 years. I don't think there's anybody, everybody here has known me for at least 10 years. I, I'm easygoing. I like to have fun. I kid around. I mean, who I kid around more with than Jeanette? <laughs> That's just, I've been doing that for 20-something years that I've known her. But now I have to be honest, when it comes to the things of the Lord, I'm uncompromising. I, I will not compromise the things that I know are right and however much I love you, I love you enough to tell you the truth when you're not right. I would do it now. I would do it as long as there's breath in my body. I would do it meaning when I'm on my deathbed and I know you're wrong. I'm, listen, I'm going to go out telling the truth because I love you. I do those things because I love you. I do that with my children. 
you know, now now they appreciate it. I'd be honest, they didn't appreciate it then, Cheryl. They were, they were mad they walk out the room. I'm not going to say they slammed the door because then it's going to be a fight. But they walk out of the room upset. But my, my job as your pastor is to tell you the truth and then to live the truth in front of you. I told Darlene this morning, I don't know if it was this morning or no, it was last night when we were talking. Darlene and I often talk on Saturday nights because we really look forward to Sunday service and what's going to happen and we're interceding, we're praying. I mean, we, we really, when we say we pray for you guys, that's not just, you know, preacher talk. We do. We pray for you guys. I pray for you guys all during the week. Sometimes more, sometimes some of you more than others. When the Spirit of God bring you up to me, I will pray for you. But I was telling her last night, I am tired and I think I even may have said it this morning. I am tired of being the one telling you about other people's testimonies and how God did something for them. Now, I don't know if y'all are still good with that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I want to be the one. Did I not say this to you, honey? this morning. I want to be the one that people say, did you hear about what God did for Pastor Baseball? I'm tired of being the one that's looking at other folks, Corbett, talking about what God did for them and telling you, particularly as your pastor, if God did it for them, he'll do it for you. Now, I want you to be able to see it. Now, I'm saying, I want you to be able to see yes. what God did. Because now, I am not holding back in what I'm believing God for. I don't care how sick you get of hearing it. I don't care how you might tune it out. I don't care. I am going to testify to the promises of God as long as there is breath in my body. And when he does it, I'm not trying to hear nobody say, stop bragging. I'm going to testify now. I'm going to testify then. And I'm going to keep believing even afterwards. How many of you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That means not just on this earth, but even in heaven, he's going to be the same God. I want there to be a memorial of my faithfulness on this earth. Just like it was for Cornelius. Read Acts chapter 10, I believe it is. 9 or 10. I think it's Acts chapter 10. There was a memorial built for Cornelius in heaven about the amazing things that he did, the way he gave. And we can have the same thing for us, but now here's the key. The things of God has to be more important to you than everything else that's going on in your life. Because if it's not, I don't care how much you decree and declare and believe and claim it. and I don't care how much you do those things. Those things are not going to come to pass because you make them more important than him. Nothing is more important, believers, than being in the presence of God. You often hear me say, when you get into his presence, you experience his presence. Do y'all get that? Presence, S-E-N-C-E. Presence, S-E-N-T. So that's 
where his presence, the things that you're believing, that's where they are. They're in his presence. David had a great revelation of this. Nothing, and David had access to everything. Everything. But he literally said, as a deer pants for water. That means if I don't have your presence, I don't even know if I, Nikki can live another day. And I know that feeling because I felt like that this week. I felt like I can't, I, no, I can't do it. I can't make it. I said, I desire you so much. I, I told Darlene, I said, it's, it's overwhelming to me sometimes. I said, I, sometimes, Lena, sometimes I feel like I can't even breathe. I mean, I desire his presence so much. I mean, I sit there and I say, Lord, so, Spirit of God, just, just, just come to me. I mean, I just, and he, he did comfort me because I said, I just need you. And I felt his breath all over. He just blowing all over my body. And just, it calmed, I told Darlene, it just calmed me down. Because I literally felt Trey at that moment I was going to explode. I can't even explain. Something was happening to me. I mean, I literally felt like I was going to literally implode from the inside out. And I needed something to calm me down. So when David said, as a deal pants for water, I finally, Trey, understood what he meant. There is a place that you can be, that you desire to share his presence so much that nothing else can take the place of it. If you don't have him, you don't want anything. Yes. That, is, that, is where, that is the secret place, Nikki. Yes. That's where it, he that abides under the shadow of the arm, that's where it is. When you abide under that shadow like that, nothing else matters. I'm telling you, nothing yes. else matters. Yes. Yes. At that moment, I had laid my head back. Because I'm telling you, Jeanette, I had to calm down. I am not kidding, folks. I'm serious. I literally felt like, I've never, I mean, I don't know if that's how you feel when you're going to die, but I literally felt like I was going to implode from the inside out. And I, you know, I kind of panicked because I never felt like that before. And I said, Spirit of God, I just need your presence. He just blew right on me, calmed me right down. And as I laid my head back, this is the honest truth. She is my witness. A voice said, audibly as I'm talking right now, you need to pray now. And it sounded just like her voice. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've never, I've never, I've had some experiences, and y'all know that. I have never, Trey, experienced anything like that. I mean, literally, in my right ear, I heard, you need to pray now. Just like, just like I just said it. You need to pray now. So I didn't, you know, not because it was her voice, I believed. I just started, you know, I didn't know what to pray. I just said, well, bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And then I started praying in the spirit. Let me tell you something. When you don't know what to pray for, just start praying. Am I right, Nikki? Always. Always. Just start praying in the spirit. Always. Because sometimes you really don't know what to pray for. So, Trey, right? You just... That's it. That's what. That's his job. You just start praying in the spirit. Some of you that don't pray in the spirit, you don't even know what you're missing out on. Because I know you have. I know there have been times that you did not know how to pray. Tell me I'm wrong. There have been times that you. You sometimes you are so overwhelmed you can't even pray. Am I right, Cheryl? You are so overwhelmed you can't even pray. You just feel like I can't do nothing. When you just. Allow your spirit man in you mm -hmm. and just open your mouth and let him pray through you. Mm -hmm. You would be surprised at the things that happen. Mm -hmm. And so I start praying in the spirit 
Once I start praying in the spirit, you know what happened, Nikki? I started praying for wisdom, for her, for understanding, for favor, to cover her, build a hedge of protection. I mean, I started going in. I got a text. No, I got a, no. Yeah, I got a text from Darlene saying, uh, what, what did you say? Pray for me now or something like that. And I said, already have. Oh my God. She called me. She was in, she was frantic. Something had happened on her job. She was frantic. She said, John, I felt like I was having a meltdown. I said, well, honey, I had been, I had prayed for you 30 minutes before you text me. She said, oh my God, that's when it happened. I said, folks, when you go into intercession and you ask the Spirit of God to speak to you, you don't know how <laughs> you 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 literally make his day. Because there are things that he wants to trust you with, but if you're not praying, he can't trust you with that. He'll contact somebody else who will pray. But fortunately for me, I heard the voice. I mean, it, it was like, I said, Spirit of God, my whole prayer this week, don't need to tell you, it's been, I, I want to know how to recognize your voice. I want to know clearly when you are speaking. I don't want to know, maybe this is, I want to hear your voice just like I hear my voice. I want to know that it's you speaking. I want to know your will. I don't care about what I want. I don't want anything but what you want for me. Yes. And if there's anything else, yes. I don't even send it my way. Yes. Yes. Amen. When he said that to me, that was his way of saying, I hear you, John. I've been waiting for you. I have been waiting for this. I would do this every day, every minute of every day. Just seek me. Just seek me. When she told me that, I, I, I was overwhelmed. I mean, I have never, ever experienced anything. First of all, I've never experienced an audible voice like that in my ear. I've heard an audible voice in the room when I was in Maryland. But I've never, it's like somebody got to my ear, you need to pray now. That's exactly what it sounded, because I looked like, what in the, what, you know, what was that? But it sounded like her, so I thought Darlene, well, I said, how does she, so what's going on? I was totally confused, so I just started praying. Little did I know, at that very moment, at the very moment that that whisper came through my ear, whether it was an angel, whether it was the Spirit of God himself, it doesn't matter. I know it was God speaking through whomever it was, because at that very moment, she, she literally told me I was having, didn't, didn't actually say that, I was having a meltdown. John 3.20 reads this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and open the door. I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. I want to leave these four things with you about, about this verse. First of all, Jesus knocking at the door. He said, if anyone will hear my voice, first command, second command, and open the door. I will come in. So now trust is involved there. You have to trust that when God says, hear my voice, I'm knocking, open the door. He will not force the door open. He will not force you to listen. 
will give you the opportunity to obey his command. If you do not, he will go and knock on someone else's door. He said, if any man hear my voice and open the door, which involves trust. Because now somebody could say, have you ever had a door that do not have a peephole? And somebody's knocking at the door and you don't, and they say, uh, it's so-and-so. You don't, you're like, well, I don't know you. I don't know. I don't recognize your voice. You, most of us will not open the door. Am I right? So he said, if you hear my voice and open the door voluntarily, I will come in and sup with you and you with me. That involves trust. Secondly, if you do open the door, you have to invite him in. He does not just, many of y'all don't realize this, but the Lord is a gentleman. He's the, he's the perfect gentleman. And everything that he does, he wants your cooperation with it. But now he will not force himself in your life. Were that the case, Nikki, everybody in the world would be saved right now. But he doesn't work that way. He wants you to invite him in because you want his presence there. That's what he wants you to want his presence in your home. How do you invite him in? What doors he's knocking on? He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's inviting you to prayer and intercession. Come spend some time with me, Lena, Corbett, Cheryl. Spend some time with me. That is the door that's being knocked on. But now if we are so busy doing the things that occupy our time on a daily basis, and it's amazing to me, Alina, I'm amazed at the things we find to do just so that we won't pray when we know God is calling us to prayer. You know in your spirit, am I right? You know in your spirit when you're being called to prayer. And it does not matter what time of day or night it is. Listen, just in case y'all didn't know, let me read y'all the memo. He will come one in the morning, <laughs> he will come four in the morning, but when he's knocking back, he expects you to open the door and let him in. He does not awaken you that time of morning for no reason. There is something going on. It may not be you, but maybe he trusts your prayers enough to pray for your friend. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Commitment. You've got to make a commitment that you are going to let him in no matter when he knocks. That means you have to be expecting him to knock. You should not be surprised when God knocks on the door of your heart calling you into prayer and intercession. You should not be surprised by this. Now, some of you are going to say, why can't he come when I'm awake? First of all, in eternity, there is no time thing. And I shared this with Darlene this morning. In eternity, everything is now. So now, when you get a prophetic word, and God says, now I don't know if somebody prophesied to you or not, but if God says, I'm going to bless you with $30 million, 
He's not looking in the future, Trey. He's looking at the now. Because our future is God's now. So when the Bible says also now out of the mouth of what? To let what? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I'm not just taking that first word. But now two or, other, two or three other people come in there saying the same thing. Unsolicited. And I told Darlene, I mean, the things that has happened to us this past month would blow, your, blow you guys' mind. I'm, I'm telling you, it will blow your mind. I mean, I'm serious. How many of y'all have heard of David E. Taylor? Yeah, he's sort of like the black Benny Hinn. Yeah, he goes across the country and doing revivals. I mean, literally, he, he, he wrote this book, uh, Face to Face Appearance with Jesus. Uh, very, um, I don't want to call him famous, but he's just one of those persons that have the type of anointing. So I was in intercession. In the event, y'all think y'all pastor be making stuff up. Because I know how y'all be looking at me sideways sometimes, particularly that one right there. <laughs> so I just want to read to y'all. <laughs> you know you my dude, man. <laughs> I just want to read to y'all. Because I told Darlene I was astounded. And I want to read my reply to him. So now, when I tell you, see, it doesn't matter to me how important you are or who you are, where you are, what level. I don't care about that stuff. What I care about, am I hearing a word from God? And if I think it might be something that you're sending out mass to everybody, I'm going to question you on that. But just in case you think your pastor just like to blow smoke, let me, um, let me, here it is, let me share this with you. So, um, I got this on, was it yesterday or Friday? Friday. I see the same anointing. This is from David E. Taylor. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> we might be friends on Facebook, but I don't know this guy. I don't know him like that. I see the same anointing that God used Smith Wigglesworth and Catherine Kuhlman on you, man of God. So now I don't, I'm not one to get, oh my God, David E. Taylor. I don't roll like that. I believe God is not just raising up one or two. The supernatural is being heavily persecuted in our generation, which I totally agree with. And I see the Lord placing this mandate on many because many are sick, John. This mandate is on you. Love you. He put uh, much, I'm humbled because I had said something about supporting this ministry. I'm humbled for your support towards my ministry. Thank you. What a humbling compliment. This, this, but this was my reply when he said that word to me. Because I even asked Darlene, I said, honey, I don't know if this is a group text. And I don't want to, did I not say this? I don't want to insult him by challenging what he said because he could have been talking directly to me but this you know these guys that have hundreds of thousands of people following them it could have been just a mass thing that they sent out because they do that in messenger so i put um much appreciated apostle and thank you for your quick response 
Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Okay, here it is. I said, not sure how to respond, Apostle, because I'm not sure if this word is for me personally or if it is sent out mass. I take a word spoken to me from the Lord very seriously. I am not trying to be disrespectful by no means, and if this comes across as such, I pray your forgiveness. So many things has been happening with me spiritually that I'm just trying to be discerning on what, I'm be, on what is being said. I have tremendous respect for you and the work that God by His Spirit is accomplishing through you. I know sometimes things may or may not come directly from you, so I just wanted to be certain so I, so I can pray accordingly. And that's when he sent that response about I see the anointing that was on Catherine Kuhlman and Smith. That was the response. I read that to tell you this. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. If Moses himself comes down and says he's got a word from the Lord, it needs to be checked out out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. You don't receive, I don't care who it is, you don't just receive a word because somebody famous is giving you a word. You check that word out. Now, I gotta be honest, I felt a little uncomfortable sending them a message like that, because I didn't want to come across as being arrogant and disrespectful. So I, I, really, I really wanted to make sure that my spirit was right. When God is speaking, he will always confirm his words. Am I right, man of God? He will always confirm his word. So now when I say it takes trust and commitment, you've got to be willing to say, okay, come into my house, my home is your home. And when you say that, I promise you, he's going to hold you to that. Let me tell you how. When the Lord comes in your home by his spirit, somebody give me some keys. <laughs> I don't catch as good as I used to be. <laughs> So now this is what happens when he comes into your home. He thanks you for inviting him in. He thanks you for trusting him enough to open the door. Thanks you for your commitment to allowing, you know, your castle to be his castle. But then he's looking for you to give you the keys. Surrender. The best way that God knows that you trust him is by surrendering the thing that's important to you. Whatever that is. When he comes in to live inside of you by his spirit, the first thing that he's going to ask is for the keys to your heart. That's what he wants. And that is that wide open door. That's how you get into, coming into the door represents coming into your heart. So he asked, he said, not only do I want to come in, I want the keys so I can come and go as I please. I want free reign in your heart. I don't want to just come, you know, when, when you feel like, you know, it's time to invite me in. I want to be able to come freely. If you've ever had a tenant and, you know, they live with you, first thing that you do, particularly if they're paying rent, what do you do? You make them a key. Why? So they can have free access. You surrender to God by giving him access to your heart 24-7. You also give him the keys to those doors that are closed on the hurt that you may have experienced from somebody. Those painful doors that you have locked the door and you don't want to visit there again, he wants those keys as well, Trey. Those past experiences that you're ashamed to talk about, give me the key. Yes. That guy that hurt you and lied to you, give me the key. Yes. 
He wants the key to all of those things because that shows him that you are fully surrendered to him. And that you trust him with your heart. The next thing is he wants possession of your heart. He says, not only do I want to live here, I'm taking charge. You can stay here, but now I'm taking charge. So anything that's not there, that should not be there, he uses his spirit to cleanse it. Because he needs a clean house to dwell in. That's why you can't hide the key to past hurts and experiences. So many people right now are not being delivered. Because they will not give up the keys, Nikki, to their hearts. The past hurts and the pain, they will not give the key. They will not even talk about it to people. There are secrets right now that some of us have. I'm talking real time right now. Things that have happened in our past that we still will not talk about. And we think that God does. Listen, God is looking. He's not going to push through that door. I'm telling you now. He will not Lena push through that door. He will ask you as nicely as he can. Lena, give me the key. You need to trust me. But many times we are pulling back and we're drawing back because it's too painful to even think about. How many of you have been hurt so bad that it's painful to even think about? I know that I have. It's a hurt that goes so deep, Pat, you can't even think about it without getting emotional. He wants the key. He demands possession of your heart. He doesn't just want to move in. He moves in and he redecorates. I'm telling you, he redecorates. He's not going to live with that old furniture that's in there. He's not going to live with those old attitudes. He comes in by his spirit and he read He cleans house so that it's some place that he feels comfortable dwelling. You want some scripture for that? When God told Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle after the pattern <laughs> that I give you. Did he not say that? There you go. He did not leave it to him to, well, maybe uh, to come up with his version. I want you to build me a tabernacle according to the pattern that I showed you. Now, I can't prove this, but I truly believe he had a heavenly experience. And he saw, that he got a tour of the tabernacle in heaven. Now, Moses I do not want you to, you see that detail right there? I want every single detail. Why? Because when I come to earth and dwell there, I want to feel right at home. Yes. This is what God is saying to you. Nikki, he needs to cleanse your hearts because when he comes there, he needs to feel right at home. He needs to feel comfortable dwelling in your spirit. Yes. That is the word that God is telling us. Listen. Last night, just to show you how God works. Now, you, you, I just read to you what David E. Taylor said, right? Last night, we're on the call, Prophetess Payne. Tell them what she said, darling. Let me not even say it. Prophetess Payne said to you last night about the anointing. You don't have to say that. You don't remember? I mean, I remember some of it. Oh, I remember all of it. That's a healing, a strong healing anointing, like that of someone she mentioned. But a strong healing anointing, a 
extra strong healing anointing is going to come on her life. Now, this is right after what happened on Friday. What does that tell me out of the mouth of two or three witnesses and let every word be established? Because the two becomes one flesh, and if it works with me, it's going to work with Darlene. There's a healing anointing coming to restoration. I, am, I, I keep telling y'all, I, I am not making this stuff up. I didn't, we don't, listen. Corbett, I promise you, your pastor has never gone to a prophet and asked for words. I have never in my 44 years now of ministry, I have never asked a person, did God give you a word for me? I have never, ever even thought about doing something like that. So when it happens, back to back, that was the witness tree. That was the witness. So now, I get excited now because I know what's about to happen. So now, if I was a little testy this morning, there's a reason for that. I know that God is getting ready to do something and we've got to be in order. We've got to be willing and ready to set the atmosphere correctly. Because I'm telling you what, I know it's their son, but you ain't going to be able to hold me. When Nehemiah, I'm telling y'all straight up right now, she, she did mention that. She absolutely mentioned that. Limbs growing out. Mm. I had forgotten about that. Saints, let me tell you something. Y'all may not get it. I get it. You know what? I'm not, you know, I'm not the smartest apple in the barrel, but I promise you I'm not Bobo the Clown either. You don't have to say it to me over and over again. I get it. What God is about to do here. So I'm just trying to get us ready now. Because when somebody said it this morning, who was that? That people are going to be coming. Who was I listening? I was listening to Kevin Zayn. People are going to be coming, you know, in droves in ministries. Wanting even to get in the back of the church saying, I know if I can just get a seat, God will heal me. How many of y'all are looking forward to that? Oh my God. We are in a time now where trust and commitment and surrender and possession is about to happen. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Y'all stand, stand, stand. I'm ready. I am ready for this. I'm going to ask you, I would not ask if it, I didn't believe it would be a sacrifice, and I know it may be for some of you, and I know some of you are going to say, well, Pastor B, you don't work. It's easy for you to fast because you're at home. It's, that's, it's actually the exact opposite. When you're at home all day, now I know this because I used to work the same place that she worked at the bank. It's a busy job, and when you're busy doing things, you don't think about eating as much. You can just pretty much go through it. I'm not saying you don't get hungry, but you get so busy, am I right? That, you know, sometimes you can miss lunch and you won't even think about it. But when you're at home, and then you got the people downstairs crock-pocking meat, and <laughs> so you, you're trying to fast, you're smelling meat all day long, and you know, you, you're, that's why I don't even turn the TV on when I'm in consecration, because you know you're going to see a food commercial. I won't, I'm, I would not even, I'm telling you, I would not turn the TV on. I won't do it. Not unless it's like 4.30, because I fast from 66. And so like 4.30, I'm usually good by then. But before then, I'm not turning the TV on, because I don't even want to get tempted like that. Because I know this. 
ice cream sandwiches in the freezer, <laughs> yogurt, and you know, white donuts, which I absolutely love. So I, I won't even I won't even take myself there. But I'm asking you guys if every Friday, which is our mantra, what we always did, if you would just fast. If you need to, now you can do this. If you're going to fast from 66, and if you need to, get up early and grab a bite before 6 o'clock. That helps you to get through the day. I mean, that's you can, you can do that. But the fast is 12 hours from 6 in the morning to 6 at night. Sunrise to sunset. That's, that's what it's called, a sunrise to sunset fast. So I'm asking you, every Friday, one day out of seven, the Lord is asking, can you just give me, yeah, I'm asking you, can you, can we just give the Lord that day for ourselves? I'm not going to say the Lord is asking that because that doesn't sound right. But I'm asking, can we together corporately give that day to the Lord? That'll be our day because I want to see these things that God has been speaking. I want to see these things come to pass. How many of y'all want to see the things Amen. of God come to pass? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Today I want to talk to you um, about truth. And um, maybe it's just a path that I'm on right now and where I'm headed and some things that the Lord is really showing me according to his word and his His Holy Spirit. Starting in John chapter 8, um, we'll start at the 30th verse just to give you a little bit of context. So Jesus is having a discussion with these uh, with these Jews who are, um, some believe and some don't. He's basically telling them, I am the light of the world. Uh, and then this, this world uh, walks in darkness. Um, he's telling them that he's going somewhere where they cannot go. And by the time he gets down to the 30th verse, um, they're, they're under this assumption that he's going to kill himself and all of this stuff. And he says to them, uh, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye can continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Um, at some point, you are going to have to know god's word for yourself there's a there's a point where um and I, I believe i've said this on this um platform before that at some point you have to learn to feed yourself you can't allow other people to chew the food and feed it to you once a child grows up um it no longer desires to eat mushy food at some point you are going to need to feed yourself you're going to have to learn to um, get into the word, break bread for yourself and feed yourself. Seek God for the truth. What does his word say? Not what someone else's interpretation of it is, but what does his word say? Firsthand accounts, because he wants to have a relationship with you, not a relationship through someone else to you. And so you've got to get in his word. You've got to pray. You've got a fellowship. You've got to see what it says for yourself. In regard to the commandments, in regard to what we can and cannot do, 
what we should be doing as Christians, how we are to worship our God. Know what and why you worship. These are things that drive me um, and into seeing uh, into looking into the scriptures. One of the things um, that I've been doing as of late is uh, going on Facebook and just answering questions that people ask me. And one of the questions that I'll be dealing with this week is um, dealing with languages of love and how we communicate our love to each other. And one of those ways that we communicate our love to each other is that first we have to find out how the other person speaks. What is their language? How do they receive love? How do they give love? And in order to do that, you have to know something about the person. You have to know them deeper than just surface level, just what you see. And so in order to truly be in a relationship with the Lord, you have to know his word. You have to fellowship with his spirit. Paul says in another place that we often we often take the A clause of the scripture where we say, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that the Lord has for them who love him. But the B clause of that scripture is, but the spirit of God reveals it unto us. And so if the spirit of God is in us and we are fellowshipping with him, then he will reveal those things that he has prepared for us. He told his disciples, you are my friends. And because you are my friends, I'm telling you where I'm going. I'm telling you what I'm doing. He tells Abraham uh, when when the three uh, men come to visit Abraham, he says, shall I not tell Abraham what I am doing and how uh, like he's going to destroy Sodom? And he says, shall I not tell Abraham he's my friend? I'm going to tell him because he's my friend. He will let you know because you have a forever till the end bond together. And that is the seeking of truth. When you want to know the Lord in depth, when you want to, to just know him for yourself, not seeking him through someone else, but seeking him in Christ. Not through pastor so-and-so, not through prophet so-and-so. But you seeking the Lord for yourself. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.